0: Bandits—they're wild in the streets, in a high-flying ride to adventure. It's thrills and spills, fast and furious fun. It's a real blast. I head at the theater, and the usher nods me in. Join me as we discuss the inner secrets of cinema. Have a seat in the Spoiler Room. All right, I think we are live. We are indeed live. Here we are in the Spoiler Room. It is the last episode of our Kidman in 4K. Thank you for venturing down the stairs, pulling up a chair, grabbing your favorite drink, and talking movie spoilers with us as tonight... We're going backwards. Yes, Nicole Kidman uh, films we've been looking at across four different decades. Uh, that's the 4D in the Kidman 4D special. We looked at 2013 Stoker. We looked at 2003 Dogville. We looked at 1993 ballast, but we're going way, way, way back to 1983 film BMX. Bandits, yes, and tonight joining me once again is the man who keeps coming back for more. None other than our good friend Ian Simmons. How are you doing, Ian?
1: I'm doing great, Mark. Uh, this movie we're going to talk about underscores one of the many reasons I love this show because I think I'd heard of BMX <laughs> Bandits, but I'm like, it's a bike racing movie, I don't give a crap, but like, this movie is so much more than that, it is so wonderful. <laughs> I can't believe Nicole Kidman was sixteen when she met true fact, she we are almost exactly ten years apart in age. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, yeah. 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 You're it, right. it, but yeah. at sixteen, she looked like she was, you know, twenty
0: three. So <laughs> it was she was very tall, even at sixteen. I'm like, wow, she's like taller than all almost all the cast in this film. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to uh, give it all away. I love BMX Bandits. Oh, there you go. Well, you can give the synopsis. Give the synopsis for BMX Bandits.
1: I'll Let's see if I can. Um, there's a small town in Australia called Manly, um, and there's this group of uh, – I'm a little con- confused on the dynamics here. There's these is two best friends who are way into BMX racing, and then they find this girl uh, named Judy, Judy. – It was also Natalie Wood's character's name in Rebel Without a Cause, which we talked about. (laughs) What is going on with these coincidences? But they, the three Mm -hmm. of them kind of form this trio friendship slash semi, I guess, kind of love triangle. Yeah. Uh, And they're they're like racing their bikes around, but they get mixed up with this uh, gang of like nasty criminals who are planning to pull off this like money truck heist using uh, special frequency walkie-talkies. Uh, that they can use to interact with each other but the police they can tap into police frequencies but they're untraceable back to them or something well Uh, yeah there's like this whole box full of walk these walkie-talkies the BMX bandits as there's they call themselves they come across this cache of walkie talkies and they go and they start selling them all over the neighborhood so like construction workers teachers their friends like everyone's got these things and then you've got the the criminals who are trying to get it back so they can do this uh heist without the big boss finding out um because it's like their big chance for a a huge score they're saying like a quarter million dollars each back in 1983
0: wow yeah it came to Um, like five million dollars i think i figured or four million dollars like because the boss man you know would take the biggest cut but for each of them There was five of them. Then that's two hundred fifty thousand each. So I mean, yeah, it was a billion and a half. So there was at least two or three billion dollars in '83. Uh,
1: And but this movie is—it's called BMX Bandits. And you, the opening, you get some bike stunts, uh, the kind of setup with the characters and all the bikes. But it really doesn't become about that until like the last, like maybe twenty-five minutes, when there's like this extended chase to these different locations, and you have the the hundreds of Look okay, the town of Manly. I actually wrote this down. Um, and Apparently, the whole town is comprised of ten crooks, six police officers, and three hundred kids obsessed <laughs> with BMX racing.
0: There were a lot of there were a lot of kids driving BMX bikes at the end of this film.
1: <laughs> because for the for most of the movie, you just see our three Ooh. protagonists with mm-hmm. their with their BMX gear, like the headgear and the brightly colored outfits and those awesome bikes, and you're like is there enough of an industry in this town to support this? And you find out, yes, there is. There is. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, th- this was my first watching, too. I had heard of it, and I adored this film. I'm just watching this going, one, it, for what it does scream 80s. I mean, it, it is completely 80s. But at the other hand, you're just watching this going, this actually is a film. It's not just like a bit of a gimmick or whatever, or, or like you got some kid friendly, you know, comedies or whatnot. This is an actual film. These are the our three protagonists, our actual characters, our villains even, you know, not necessarily depth, but still it was like, wow. And you're right, the this is one of the most wild and longest chase scenes consistent chase scenes i've seen in a film any film adult or otherwise that we get in this movie when the crooks try to catch up to our three heroes uh,
1: and they go through different you know locations or like an airplane hangar and a construction site and this is all the thing that kept that kept, i kept coming back to is mm-hmm. this is basically a kids movie mm-hmm. but it's almost like what if I know George Miller has directed kids' movies, but, like, what if the guy who made Mad Max <laughs> decided to make a BMX movie for children? This is exactly what it, what it is, down to some of the great stunts, even just, like, the little gags of, <laughs> you know, uh, a house getting, you know, torn apart or... You know, a, a beam being dropped on a car and explosions and stuff falling over i mean it's so elaborate and cool that i still don't know how they got these cameras mounted to some of these bikes to get these like crazy povs <laughs> or like the car chases and stuff because these are like bigger cameras back then um but the thing that really struck out about it is the whole tone of the movie is almost like the opening of richard donner's superman 2 or The town scenes in dead alive before the zombies showed up it's like this quirky charming town where everybody is almost like obsessed with speaking in british humor exclusively like every other line is a quip (laughs) or a pun or a setup
0: and it just so works like i want to live in this town (laughs) oh i do i love the whole spirit and energy of the town they live in um you know it's a movie town it, it's it's a movie setting town you know the way that the, the way this movie is the cops are pretty much not existent except for every time we cut back and they're listing it on the radio but they're they're you know inept until they need to be not inept uh, <laughs> you know uh the kids are definitely ones in that are the smartest characters in this film you know so it, you're right it is the kid film but the energy about it it's so much fun and, and you can tell that you know it's it's not taking itself too seriously but if you look at bmx bandits it's why i have a much more appreciation for many not all but many of the family orientated movies that came out during the 80s uh because there was just they were just handled a bit differently they weren't handled they didn't feel cynical At times, they didn't feel like overly saccharine. They did feel I mean, they were sacred. Sure. But there's just something genuinely honest about the 80s family movies that, uh, you know, it's not just because I grew up with these type of films. It's got a different energy. It's hard to explain.
1: Yeah, I mean, because it still felt like. I mean, even though. These kids, it's a kid's movie, and they're like clearly teenagers, the, the the kind of the main trio. They almost feel like they should be like 10 years old. Yeah, because the they way that their, yeah. their friendship is right, but there's an innocence to it. Um, but they're just like goofing around and, and being kids. There's no like, they're not wise beyond their years and, and cynical. I think like you said, uh, there is an innocence to it. Um, and it reminded me like, As happens a lot with movies that we talk about, I wonder who else watched this movie and went on to make other movies. Because, like, I saw there's like a an overweight kind of rich bully kid that sort of becomes part of the the BMX bandits gang. But all I could see, especially because the bike was involved, was Francis from Pee Wee's Big Adventure. (laughs) Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: At the end, when the bad guys are foiled by um, they, they they run into a giant vat of like foam fertilizer. Uh, I was thinking of the end of Real Genius with the popcorn yes. coming out of the uh-huh. house. Although it's weird because like everybody's dancing around in the foam fertilizer, like the BMX band is so, so happy they won. I'm like, I don't think you want to be dancing around those chemicals. Yeah, it looks like soap, but it'll probably melt your skin. <laughs> what the hell?
0: Yeah, yeah. it's It's, you know, with the films like this, especially the family films, you know, you talk. It comes up when you're talking about films like suspension of disbelief. But some films, you just gotta let that go and just enjoy the story, the the fun mm-hmm. story. And that's what you're getting here because, yeah, you're absolutely right. You're like, yeah, you all gotta be taking a shower fairly quick. Actually, just just <laughs> go run into that ocean right now and rinse some of that off because because that foam fertilizer ain't gonna be good for your complexion.
1: <laughs> oh my God! Speaking of ocean, there's a bit where there's an ex like. I'd say a good stretch of this movie is these two hoods who are working for the big bad guy, they're trying to catch up with the kids to get, you know, information on where these radios are. They chase Judy, like, all throughout, like, the, this boat and onto a dock, and that's the other thing. Nicole Kidman, Kidman's big break was in uh, Dead Calm. I was like, oh, this is, she has a history of, like, running <laughs> into strange men on boats, but she gets out onto the dock and she jumps into this like rowboat and you think she's going to get away. And it's so perfectly filmed that you don't notice that the boat is still tethered to the dock until it actually snags on it. <laughs> I laughed out loud. I'm like, Oh my God, that's, that's so dumb. Cause that's the kind of, one of the things I love about this movie is it's not afraid to make fun of the main characters or show that they are, you know, fallible, because they are just mm-hmm. kids. They can't just, like, Kevin McAllister, these, you know, dangerous bully, you know, criminals. Mm-hmm. The, everybody kind of gets it, you know, they're they're smart, but they're not invincible, is what I'm getting Right.
0: At. Yeah. They no, get they, into
1: trouble due to their own fault and also circumstances beyond their control, so it makes for a real tension. There's an extended graveyard chase scene that is just, it mixes, like, genuine horror movie elements with... You know, kids kind of falling in love. There's that whole thing where uh, Judy and the one guy I keep getting the the two guys mixed up. The bandits. Yeah, they were uh, the like, they were
0: pretty much the same guys.
1: <laughs> I mean, they right. one was they Juan tried to be separate. Brunette. Yeah, they tried right? to be
0: separate, but no, they weren't. Yeah, it's.
1: But the one guy is like Judy, and him are in the in a grave, hiding out from from one of the bad guys, and they start talking about their feelings for each other. But the radio's on, so the other guy can kind of hear, and then he's like radioing into the, i can hear you guys but they continue the conversation there's not like hurt feelings where another movie would turn this into like a like a twilight situation where there's like a rivalry they're all just kind
0: of like <laughs> you almost get the feeling they're going to be a thruple at some point <laughs> <laughs> you, you you do you do because well the one even admits that oh yeah the other guy you know i could see why he you know grills like it but he doesn't say it like with venom or like, oh man, all the girls like him because he just, he's a matter of factly real, you know, he's like, yeah, no, you probably like him. I mean, after all, he is probably the better looking one. Yeah. And he's the guy that's got a little more talent, you know, this guy, this kid's like in, in reality about his friend, uh, (laughs) you know, but not in a, not in a, oh, I resent him sort of way or some hidden resentment. He just is matter of factly with it. Yeah. It's, there's, there's a purity
1: to this movie that just works. Um, we talked about the, the construction site scene. The chase for the mall. Oh, my God. Like, that's something straight out of the Blues Brothers. But they're, <laughs> they're like, driving BMX bikes down the up escalator. And I know they're all stunt kids. I mean, Nicole Kidman yeah. is not doing this with a BMX bike at 16. But it's, I think it's partially because they're wearing helmets. But it's it's so convincing. <laughs> Like, I don't stop and like I'm not consciously breaking out of watching the movie to think, oh, they just switched to stunt people. I mean, it's all very seamless and and very cool to watch.
0: Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, they got a good stunt double. I, I they had on the trivia facts that apparently they had to get a a young boy to put on a blonde wig and do the stunts for Nicole Kidman because they couldn't find Eddie. Female stunt doubles that look like Nicole Kidman at her height, man. So, And apparently he the, the young boy in between takes was a little embarrassed that he was dressed like Nicole Kidman in a blonde wig.
1: <laughs> well, I was embarrassed for Nicole Kidman for that hair. Like, I don't know what oh, that like, hair yeah. bargain bin <laughs> yarn thing was going on, but she definitely straightened out <laughs> nicely later on.
0: And, and apparently uh, she learned how to ride the BMX bike for this film, and she was chosen out of two hundred actresses, so talk about talk about finding your 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 diamond in the rough, so to speak uh you know the the talent anyway I mean, they picked her and look- you know you look at where she went from from here, but two hundred that's that's a lot <laughs> it is but i mean.
1: The thing, and we've been talking about this all month, kind of appreciating her in movies, like, I've loved all of them except for
0: Stoker, Stoker, I think. Yeah, I know.
1: But that that wasn't even really her movie except for, like, a a kind of a key scene or two. Mm -hmm. Um, But it just shows the versatility of her as an actress. Because you think, oh, Academy Award nominee or Academy Award winning actress who start off in this movie called BMX Bandits. You'd expect it to be something where she's kind of slumming it or like, oh, I'm gonna make it in the big time. I, I can kind of phone it in. I buy her in this movie and she's sassy and she's cool and she is you know she's the girl in the group of you know guys, but she's not the damsel in distress. Uh, she is kind of like she, one of the she is kind of like one of the guys, but she na- maintains her femininity. Right, becomes the kind of girl that like the girl next door that you could easily
0: fall in love with, and but she'd also probably kick you in the teeth. (laughs) She'd probably kick you too. Yeah, she she is a she has her tomboy ways, but they don't make her like completely tomboy to where they remove her femininity. Uh, I thought that was handled really well. I I liked the way her character was written. She was just, I mean. These felt like kids. I mean, they just felt like a group of friends, you know, at that age. <laughs> it's like, even even the, the romantic part, it didn't last long, and it wasn't really serious. It was rather fleeting, actually. Uh, it doesn't really come up too much, although the scene where she jumps into the grave, actually, apparently she sprained her ankle during that oh. scene. Yeah, uh, but, yeah, this film, it keeps moving, too. That's what's interesting, is this film... Continues to move forward with its plot, or that they're going somewhere. You know, it doesn't really slow down too much. And even when it does, there's stuff happening that's moving things forward. You know, uh, they're always talking about opening a BMX park. It's it's their big thing. <laughs> yeah, at the end, they
1: they of course open the manly BMX track. <laughs> Like the first, the first thing you see in this movie, besides BMX bandits and that like lovely kind of chrome, you know, mm-hmm. side of the van spray painted like look, uh, the first name you see is David Argue. Like they, they have just such like crazy, weird like '80s actor names all over this. It almost seems like a parody, <laughs> but no, these are these are the people. Um, yeah, like uh, uh, I had, I had some good examples, but yeah, the first few: Brian Best, Michael Gillette. He cuts like a razor. No, I don't know. Just yeah, Angelo,
0: just, it's, it's just... Angelo D'Angelo. Yes, that was another one. I Angelo love that D'Angelo. lane.
1: <laughs> oh man, um, let's see. What was it? Uh, oh, racing. Okay, not, they weren't racing the bikes, but they took their BMX bikes down a damn water slide,
0: man. <laughs> I love that. I'm like, you, the, this. What's wonderful about this extended like. I would say a quarter of this film is this one chase scene. I mean, they, they put so much into this chase scene when they start that, yeah, they go from a construction site, they go to a mall where they're going through a mall and down escalators, and then they go down construction ladders, and then, yeah, suddenly they find themselves in a water, <laughs> water park, and you're like, okay, where are they going to go from here? Oh, that's where. They're going to slide their bikes down to the water slide. <laughs> Except for the,
1: And the one bad guy who doesn't have a bike, he's just kind of like stumbling down. And you're like, oh, is he going to break his neck?
0: Man, poor guy. Yeah. Um, you get the one kid who pushed the crook down. The crook guy, he didn't want to go down the water slide. The one kid was like, no, you're going to.
1: <laughs> well, these, these criminals, too, I mean, they're, they're kind of these funny doofuses. But they are also, you know, real killers. Like when they're the two guys pose as undercover officers and they they corner Judy, and they get her alone and she of course turns on the one radio to try and get her friend's attention. But they're like you know fixing their gear or something. They don't hear with their it.
0: radio playing. Yeah,
1: right. That's what it was. Um, but the one guy's like, yeah, we can't afford to leave any bruises. And and at the end when the the head honcho bad guy shows up and they're cornered by the the three hundred BMX bikes. Uh, like, yeah, get the clubs and the guns. And he opens up the truck. There's like sawed off shotguns. And like, this guy was going to murder like dozens of children.
0: (laughs) Well, and I'm messing around. (laughs) And that's the way they, they hid it. Well, was because just when something dark was about to happen, the kids pull something off. Usually Nicole Kidman's Judy pulls something off to avoid it. You know, like the guys were going to make it look like she drowned in the boat and then she kicked the one guy in the nards and just, you know, took off. And then, like you said, yeah, with this one, Judy again saves the kids because they're about to get the shotguns out. And she smashes the trunk down, grabs the keys, and throws them off into the grass. And you can tell. And I love that. I loved that because she just didn't push the trunk down, and then they all go running after her, not going, oh, we could just open up the trunk again. You know, she actually manages to grab the keys and throws them. I mean, it's something simple, but at the same time, it adds just a little extra, like, okay, they can't kill them. because You know? And then the guys with the the bats, they're just overwhelmed by numbers, and they get flour thrown in their Flower, face. Flour, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I I'm guessing there's something here i don't understand with the flower thing maybe uh you know w- with uh you know whatever that is maybe a common thing or whatever but i just love how they used flower as their weapon uh, <laughs> which yeah i mean
1: it's yeah i don't know if it's a cultural reference or something but it just yeah, it just seemed perfect, and it seemed totally logical. Like, yeah, they, they got flour. That's gonna be their it, weapon of choice. well. The flour
0: flour is cheap, and you know, it is awkward when you get hit with flour. I mean, it's it's <laughs> you're like, okay, you know what? I can kind of I can buy into this. You know, I I can buy into this, and uh, that's I what like it that is. Oh, go
1: ahead. I was gonna say I like that our bandits are also obsessed with uh, with horror movies. They're constantly describing. <laughs> they have these crazy. You know, they're fictitious horror movies, but these kids have actually seen them. And at one point, the one guy's describing something to Judy and she says, uh, I'm more of a fan of the movies where at the end the hero holds the hand, the heroine's hand, and
0: it's still attached to her to body. Her body. <laughs> <laughs> but then she uses that later on when she gets kidnapped, she's telling them the story of a horror movie, and the one guy driving is getting intrigued. He's like, I I think he said something the fact of oh, I think I'm disgusted, but I also want to know what happens next. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's talking about a a bride and her head getting dismembered or whatnot, and it's just, you know, it, it, it's fun. Yeah, it's ridiculous. This is going to be a ridiculous. But at the same time, again, as I mentioned, this is a film. I mean, we've got a story. We've got characters. We've got stuff that makes sense. There isn't just the zany antics. You know, sure, maybe some not as much suspension, you know, you got to give a little more suspension of disbelief, but overall I'm like sitting there. I'm like, this movie is far better than I <laughs> I fully expected it to be.
1: Yeah. I mean, me too. Like I, first of all, I was surprised. Have they made a sequel to this? or is No. It a standalone.
0: They, no, it's a standalone as far as I'm aware.
1: That's a shame. Cause I, I would like, I was, I want to spend more time with these, these characters. And also I told my wife about it. I'm like, I would totally watch this movie with you.
0: <laughs> it'd be a date night yeah it'd be a date night sure it's what did she she'd probably be able to go not not give you a side eye like uh-huh.
1: <laughs> it's it's the most fun i've had watching a movie in in quite a while
0: and it's from it's 40 years old <laughs> it is it, it, it is and that's exactly what it is it's it's fun it, it never takes itself too seriously you've got the the jokes in there, which apparently the doc, the the director was trying to go for the kind of uh sixties Batman spirit or the Elon, I guess, British, like British comedies. And that, uh, you know, the kind of the slapstick type ones. And I think he accomplished that. He's going for that spirit to where, you know, almost like a Laurel and Hardy type of comedy of sorts, not quite so ridiculous, but you know, that spirit.
1: It reminded me of like, the Beatles, like, yellow submarine kind of jokes. Mm-hmm. Not just because of, you know, the accents were sort of similar, but, you know, can you give me a hand? Might be one of the books. Yeah, You know, uh, <laughs> you know what they say? Th- uh, three, two's company, three will get us talked about. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just as like little, yeah, these little zingers that are very adult, and not even adult in a, like, a, oh, the, 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 it's going to go over the kids' heads, but the the adults who know they were talking about sex stuff. Just adult, like. Humor, like uh, Mm -hmm. kind of almost sitcom lines that you know I think kids and adults can appreciate. Um, Also, in the opening, there's a a, I guess a bank heist where they go in wearing pig masks. And again, I just kept thinking of Point Break. (laughs) I guess Oink Break. Oink Um, Break. (laughs) Yeah, like someone someone watched B M X Bandits and said, "Hey, let's put uh, Patrick Swayze in those masks and change (laughs) him to President."
0: Yeah, well, the pigs, it was great because the driver has the wolf mask and the guys who bust into the, the bank have the pig mask. But even here, this bank heist is actually one of the better rad bank heists that I've seen crooks pull off. They take this van where they got the masks, they smash through the front of the bank, They they get their money, but they've got another car. That drives up that they drive off with. So they don't drive off in the same vehicle that they had, like back it out or whatnot. And then that car stops and hands off the money to a third car. I'm like sitting here going, this is actually a decent high.
1: <laughs> well, it just, it also shows not that the kids, the, the, the BMX manners weren't around to see any of this, but it gives the audience a sense of who these 16 year old kids are up against. Like they're not just these. Right bumbling crooks. They are organized criminals with, you know, plans upon plans upon plans. And when those plans don't run out, they also have a trunk full of guns. (laughs) So we know the danger, even if it's kind of like a light comedy, they do have these moments. that are punctuated by real like darkness, like these kids, it's all zany antics and stuff, but they cannot get caught. (laughs) They can't afford that.
0: No, they, they, they can't. And you know, it's also interesting with the gangs and stuff, like I said, with the Nicole Kidman's character, Judy a couple of times, you know, escaping what what could have happened um but they sell it in such a way to like you said, that danger is still there, but even the the solution or how they prevent that from happening, it actually makes sense in the film it, it It's not just some kind of oh, they're bumbling oh, they're incompetent or whatnot. There's, there's actions that the kids take just enough for you to believe. Okay. They help prevent that, you know? Okay. They, you know, these guys aren't exactly the most competent, you know, they're, they're, they're silly kind of the, the comic relief, but at the same time, they're not overly comic relief. They're just fumbling enough.
1: (laughs) But then you've got that, the nice blend. Like there's the one guy with the pencil mustache this is towards the end of the movie where he's getting really frustrated with one of the kids. And I think he's got a got his uh, switchblade out or something. He's like, I want to cut someone up. Uh, but he's going to get in the car and the door handles busted. So he has to like he has to jump over into, into the sunroof. For- <laughs> It's just so <laughs> awkward and like it so goes from like a complete dangerous badass to a buffoon in like three seconds.
0: I just loved that. I mean, he went for it, and it's like, ah, damn it! And then he flips into the sunroof. It's like, did not see that coming at all, oh, no. you know. <laughs> and,
1: and then and his outfit, what was that? He was wearing like red, yellow, and blue like this yeah. bright. It's almost like a comic book superhero outfit, but he was a you know, a low-level villain. He was a low-level
0: comic book villain, you know? Uh, and yeah, this definitely has comic book feel to it with our characters, the way they are in the situations they're in. But uh, it's, it's really hard to explain, I think, a little well, not too hard, but just the way everything is handled in this film. Just, just the whole thing the way it's handled is something that, uh, you know, you could tell they knew they were making something for kids, but they didn't exactly dumb it completely down for kids. I mean, they still, you know, the kids are still the heroes. They still have the one up on the adults. There's the, but at the same time, I never felt like it was really dumbed down if that's the right term or, or
1: no, I mean, it's a, it's a smart movie. And that's the thing is like, I, vaguely remember hearing about this when i was a kid i think someone i knew had watched Mm -hmm. it or something and thought it was cool but i was like i don't know if i knew if it was playing anywhere like on hbo or whatever just wasn't on my radar and again it was about bikes and i didn't care but (laughs) we always talk about like 80s movies like oh things were different back in the 80s you had like weird dark movies and they're all twisted and stuff this is like the adult version of the dark twisted movie but it's like kind of fun and and optimistic i wish (laughs) like I messaged you when yeah. I was halfway through this, and I said, can all movies just be BMX <laughs> bandits, please? Right. And I meant it, because, like, if I had... I wish I had had a steady diet of this kind of movie growing up, and it makes me want to look into Australian 80s, you know, kids' movies even more <laughs> and see what, what else am I missing out on.
0: Yeah, it made me want to seek out more of them, too, because... uh you know, we, we, we do focus on the darker kids stuff, but there was the lighter fare too. But even the lighter fare, like this is a prime example, you know, didn't treat it, for back of a, lack of a better term, kid gloves as far <laughs> as material. You know, the, these kids do get put in danger. Um, these kids do have real problems, but it never gets heavy. It, it 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 helps avoid, it gets just near the edge and then it, it kind of backs off. It's like, okay, you know, and our cops, I love the cops, how they're just hanging in the, the, the cop office listening to the radio chatter, you know, you're like they're they're pretty much incidental, really, until the very end.
1: Well, uh, the the one lady who kind of first picks up the, the radio signal. Like, at the end, she figures out, because she's listening to them, they're talking in kind of code, and like, oh, it's BMX, you know, lingo. And they're like, what? BMX? They're talking about BMX stuff. Like, what do you mean? Bikes. (laughs) They're talking about bikes. (laughs) They're talking about bikes. (laughs) Yeah,
0: you know, and as we mentioned, with the kids, the way they're written, Nicole Kidman's character, for a a 16-year-old female character in 1980, you know, uh, 83, uh, she's she's a, a pretty strong character. She, I mean, she knows how to repair bikes. She knows how, you know, she she's not just, like you said, damsel in distress or, oh, look at, I'm with both these boys, but who should I pick? You, you know, it's like she never gets that at that point with that trope that you might expect with a movie like this.
1: Right. I mean, I almost feel like they introduced that, not even a rivalry, but an acknowledgement that some of them might have feelings for each other, just because it is, you know, they're adolescent boys Mm -hmm. hanging out with this new, kind of like a cool chick, so it's got to come up. But they introduced it, had some fun with it, and then left behind to get (laughs) with the rest of the plot, which I definitely appreciate because it stayed focused on the one thing the movie was about. Um, In the graveyard, I did like the, uh, the line, being a zombie isn't all bad. You get to stay up all night, but you've got to spend the rest of your life dead.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they, they have, yeah, they have some great dialogue in, the, in this film, too. They they, they just, ah, it's, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where you get this blast from the past, but at the same time, you're just like, okay, this is... I will fully admit it's far better than I expected. I enjoyed it far more than I thought. I thought it was going to be this cheesy 80s. And while it does have that cheese, I'm like, I could see myself watching this again. Like if I come home from like a bad day or something, I just toss it BMX Bandits in the background and, and check it out, you know, keep it and watch it because it, it's it's fun.
1: Oh, yeah, I mean, there. the only downside is there is a Blu-ray of it, but it's like $40, but I think it's got, like, a commentary and some extra stuff on it, but it's like, oh. Yeah.
0: And, and, and this director would go on to direct a bunch, a slew of films, including B-Horror. I think he did Leprechaun 3 and 4. So,
1: really?
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I was looking at Brian uh, Trenchard Smith, uh he making uh, movies uh he's still making movies well up through 2014 he made movies uh but yeah he did he did a lot of uh interesting like b-movie type stuff but yeah he did leprechaun four in space he did leprechaun three uh <laughs> night of the demons two he directed uh um
1: dc nine eleven time of Crisis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, yeah, I mean, he's he, he had done a number of films before this one. So, you know, I mean, he's a, a veteran. Uh, he did the, uh, the Quest for 1986, he directed uh, with Henry Thomas. Uh, definitely a, a, uh, another Australian, Amer- a resourceful American orphan living in rural Australia finds himself caught up in the magic of a local Aboriginal myth that might be more than anyone knows in the quest yeah (laughs) with the star of et henry thomas is in the quest
1: (laughs) we might have to find space for that one mark we we we
0: might we might have to find (laughs) space for that one but back to here uh yeah you can already see the talent that nicole kidman had even at age 16 you just you know the way she she carries herself the way that she delivers and acting in this you're just like i mean i'm watching this going yeah i see it <laughs> you know you you could already just see see it there you just see the talent there already um it's and, weird
1: because she had like so much of a baby face that her face was almost like completely round and then splotched with like the rosy red cheeks and like the wow but, I mean, this is Totally different than, than the Nicole Kidman we've been talking about the rest of the month.
0: <laughs> and and the stunts, they they blended the real actors with the stunts very well. Because for a few scenes, I'm like, wait, did they actually put the kid in danger? That, you know, their actor? Because you look at a couple of those scenes, you're just like, like the one where the kids are going after the truck and they jump on the back of it. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like wait, what?
1: And they're and yeah they're doing like the Indiana Jones where they're on t- on the very top of it getting slid around and uh, some of those it looked like the actors were up there I mean I'm sure it was yeah, was safe but safe. I was it caught me thinking like what if I were on top of that truck and I had to like try and grab onto the railing could I do it and that's the mark of a great action scene like where you it's a cliche but you really feel like you're in the middle of it mm-hmm. but it's more than that you feel like you're in the middle of it and you hope you can get out of it. <laughs>
0: Like I was genuinely getting scared with these kids. That's what, that's what I think is part of the appeal of this film is that it puts you in the kids shoes. Somehow the director manages through the editing. And like you mentioned, the camera work considering this was shot on film is impressive to say the least with some of the bike shots. Um, but the way it's handled and edited and framed and everything, you're with the kids. You're, you're with them. You're not just observing them. You're sitting there with them around their bikes. You're with them on their bikes, riding behind them, with them, through the mall, through the construction site, jumping on a truck, which uh, I did crawl on top of the truck while it was moving once. So, uh, yeah, my... Quick story: My buddy and I, we were coming back. It was my birthday party. We we're coming back from the pool. My, uh, he wasn't my stepdad at the time. It was just my mom's boyfriend at the time. But he's driving a covered pickup truck, and there was a bunch of us at the back seat. And my one buddy, uh, Peter, uh, jumps on, the, uh, opens the back because it wasn't locked. It was just you know one of those glass flip up. Now we're in the we're in the we're on the side roads. We're not on the main roads. Anyway, so he crawls up on it. And I go, hey, that looks like a good idea. So I crawl. Up. So the window, you know, the the window door to the back of the cab is open, and we're hanging there. And so then we manage to manipulate our skinny bodies with the arms to close the lid, and then we crawl on top of the hood, top of the truck. Just and my my, the guy he saw me in the back w- rear window, so he was driving a little slower, but he was driving around town dr- dragging us out. And then suddenly I took my shirt off while on top of the truck. And suddenly I went, wash your windows. And I wiped the window in front of my mom. And she's like, ah! <laughs> and how long were you grounded for, Mark? <laughs> I was not grounded. I, was, I wasn't grounded. But yeah, yeah, I climbed on top of a truck while it was moving. So kids could do that. They're able to. <laughs> it gave me a heart attack. So I'm imagining,
1: like, my youngest would try something like that. <laughs>
0: Oh. It was so dumb. Oh, <laughs> at, the, at the time, it seemed like a really fun idea. I think back on it now and go, "Wow, that was, that was really dumb." <laughs> but you know, you're a kid. You don't, you don't think that
1: way, right? <laughs> Not every kid makes it to
0: adulthood, Mark. You're very lucky. <laughs> I, I apparently I am. Uh, one other thing I want to mention is we we get our '80s montage. Uh, action while the credits are rolling. Um, and even then, Judy comes out on top because she wins whatever competition is happening at the new manly BMX track that they have. um we we see them out there where she she you know, she wins a trophy and then uh, I think we even get a freeze frame in here to 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 cap the 80s. We open an 80s movie with a shot of the water and that classic, 80s guitar riff, like dur <laughs> like, the, oh, yeah. the minute it does that, I'm like, oh yeah, okay. This is this is this is 80. This is definitely 83. <laughs> That's the thing is like you can think about 80s
1: movies in kind of like a cheesy nostalgia way, but there are some 80s movies that just rock because they're so 80s, and this is this is one of them. Like you, I could feel like you could put BMX bandits on. Now and just say, you know, to a Zenial or a Zoomer or whatever, if you're gonna watch this movie. You're gonna love it. It's not something to make fun of. It's something to enjoy mm-hmm. and it's earnest. Now, if they can understand the concept of earnest, that's the whole <laughs> the discussion. But um, yeah, it's it's unapologetic, but it's not cheesy. Mm-hmm. I think you could see it as cheesy, but it's kind of missing the point.
0: No, but it it gets just to the edge of cheesy. I mean even with the dialogue and the quips and everything the way they do it gets to that edge of like real cheese like like real cheesy 80s dialogue it gets just to the edge but they never like really go over the top with it and that's why I think it works is that it it has as outrageous as the situation is and how crazy it is and you got to look at it going okay they're taking on these villains sure uh, there's just a little hint of groundness to it, you know, a, a little bit of groundedness to it that uh, I think is what helps make an appeal and keep it from just going over the going, oh, my God, you know, <laughs> just come on, you know. <laughs> not not getting into those later Police Academy zaniness <laughs> to where you're just like, oh, what the, what am I, you know. <laughs> yeah, well. God, the police academy sequels! I totally <laughs> forgot about those. Thanks for reminding me, Mark. You're welcome. You're welcome. I, I thought you bring that flashback back. You know, I, I mean, hey, it gave Bobcat Goldthwait them work, so you know, high tower.
1: <laughs> Mission to Moscow. Oh Operation my God. Miami Beach. Mission to Moscow.
0: Oh my God. And my yeah, Operation Miami Beach. Oh man, those films were so formulaic, too, because they would always end with the big chase. You know?
1: <laughs> it was great in the first couple, but
0: then, yeah. Oh every, every movie, every movie you had
1: that. Do you remember the Police Academy cartoon show they had back in the 80s?
0: Yes. And see, folks, the 80s. You can take a rated R property and turn it into any kid's show you want. Robocop. Police Academy, Toxic uh, Avenger. I was gonna say Toxic <laughs> and his amazing friends or whatever. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, basically, just take yeah. The Police Academy is the tried and true classic 80s comedy. With we have to have nudity in here because it's an 80s comedy, and they made a cartoon for kids out of it, folks. Oh, I'll dig them up somewhere, but I
1: have a—I think I've got a pretty much a good run of the Police Academy comics that Marvel made back in
0: the day. Oh, my God. Yes, that's right. They did that, too. Oh, man, it's it's there a wild time, folks. We aren't exaggerating and it's not overstating how wild the 80s kind of were. Where's my BMX Bandits comic book? Yes. Where is the BMX Bandits comic book? Come on now, folks. Come on, someone out there, make a BMX Bandit comic book. I want to see the continuing adventures of our, our our kids after the, you know, maybe the BMX track is getting threatened of being closed, and so they have to do something about it by some evil land baron, you know? <laughs> or you do the legacy sequel
1: thing like they did like with Rocky and Clerks and stuff. They make a BMX Bandit's... But it's set in Australia after the apocalypse, so it's BMX
0: Bandits Beyond Thunderdome. Oh, my God, yes. Yes. Yeah. I think, I think you're on to something there. Yeah. They BMX sh- Bandits Fury Road. <laughs> BMX Bandits Fury Road. It's just like Fury Road, only all bikes. There you go. It's like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I think we're on to something here. <laughs>
1: or on something is more like Or on
0: something, something like that. So. Yeah, I think uh, yeah. We'll 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 tidy it up here. It's not a deep film. It's a it's just. I'm glad I'm glad we watched this. I was glad I was able to find it because I wanted to try to get one from each decade. And I'm like, okay, I I could have tried to find you know a, a Kidman film for uh, this year that may have came out, which there, there isn't. Probably have to go to 2022. But I was so happy when I found this. I'm like, oh yeah, I've got I've got. This was only her second. Uh, film she was in i think she was only in one other film uh before mm. this uh but i'm so glad i did because this is so this is so much charm and fun for this film uh, you know that uh yeah it just it, it's enter- it's it's cool it's cool man it's it's <laughs> you don't have to it be is- in the bmx bikes to enjoy it
1: no you really don't and even if you're not like the bmx stuff in here is so cool and fun that it's not just, you know, inside baseball, you know, shop talk. But I have you seen this plot device before where you've got the MacGuffin that the bad guys are after, but it gets spread all throughout the town. Cause I love this walkie-talkie plot. I don't quite think I still understand how the frequencies worked, but I just love that they were going around selling these things for like five, twenty, thirty dollars to just like random people. And so what the bad guys were after was suddenly just, like, spread out all over the town.
0: Well, no, we haven't seen it too much. And actually, they do mention in here that these are police band radios, but they had to be modified. That's why they needed to get them early, because they had to be modified so they wouldn't hear them. The whole purpose was just to listen in on the cop frequency, but this is before they were modified. So the spread around town, yeah, but I've... I've not seen that that often in any type of film to where they have to go collect all of these from, you know, and you're thinking about how many they sold. You're like, yeah, they're never going to get them all. You know, you're you're not going to get them all. No. Um,
1: Well, it's also kind of like, I guess a version of this, and I can't believe I'm referencing this movie, but cocaine bear, the whole idea where they, they lose the cocaine in the woods. And so Ray Liotta sends out his goons to try and retrieve it. And the like the bear's gotten into a bunch of it. he's got to get as much of it back so he can get it to the cartel that he owes it to. but it keeps dissipating because they either get snored up or shot up or thrown into a gully or something like that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's the only that's the only parallel I can think of.
0: Yeah, I could it's it's very few and far between if you do see it. and I don't think we see it that often. and uh, yeah, it was, it was a cool it was a cool little. It was a cool little, you know, difference in, in this type of film that we've seen. Uh, oh, yeah, and uh, you're right. Uh, you know, someone mentioned about the face mask thing, the point break. Uh, BMX Bandits had it. And also there was one, a film called Restless Natives, where they uh, where have masks to where they bank robbers. So, I mean, it's, it's it's kind of a trope. It wasn't the earlier tropes that we have here. But, yeah, the, the whole MacGuffin thing about... Uh, the The radio's being spread out, I don't see that type of thing where some object that they need has been spread out outside of cocaine bear and it it's rare, but it's kind of fun, yeah, oh yeah <laughs> you know very fun uh and they didn't even do a thing like, oh, we're gonna tell all the kids you better bring your radios here or we're gonna kill these three people you know they did they didn't play that angle, but they could'. have. They did a last, a very
1: last minute, very late in the game thing where the head bad guy did try and take Judy hostage, um, but it didn't last very long. I think that's uh, did she? Yeah, she got away from him somehow. I think that's what started the flower and the fertilizer or something like
0: yeah, that. Yeah, well, yeah, no, because they were getting they were getting the clubs and then they went to the trunk to get the guns and they kind of. You know, she was just standing there. They were kind of standing next to her. They they didn't quite have a good grip on her, and she managed to get away, slam the trunk, and throw the keys, and then ran. So that's what uh, it was. Okay. <laughs> so that that's what happened at the end there, a bit. But yeah, folks, seek this out. It's on like Freevee. It's on YouTube. It's on it's on Daily Motion out there. Uh, if you're looking for something that has some genuine uh, fun. It's rather pure, like you said, Ian. Earnest is a really good word for it. You know, see this, and yeah, it does scream 80s a bit with some of the fashion of that, but it still works <laughs> totally works, totally except works. for her hair that will never work. Except for her hair, her hair. <laughs> I maybe it was the winds because they're on the coast, but her wind, her hair was constantly like I'm like. Oh, man, someone give her a, a brush or something because it just was always, like, just frazzled. It just, like, foom yeah. constantly. <laughs> no matter, yeah. No matter the scene. like Slash, yeah. Yeah, no matter the scene. So there you have it, folks. Hope you enjoyed that. Hope you enjoyed uh, Kidman in 4D month. And prepare yourself, folks. Next month, we're covering Skin Flicks. No, not those type of skin flicks. Sorry, Ian. Yeah, I know. I know. Maybe. I'm not coming back. I'll, I'll see you <laughs> in June. <laughs> We're covering movies that have the word skin in the title, and there's many of them out there, but I, picked, I tried to pick a kind of a diverse range of uh, movies, uh, just like I did, you know, I, I try, even when I come up with these themes, I want to try to do at least a, a little bit of variation in the types of films. So Skin Flicks is next month. Yes, May is Skin Flix, And we'll be watching the very unusual uh, uh, reflective skin, I believe it's called, uh, Skin Game, a Western from 1971. We're going to watch Under the Skin as part of our Perfect 10 series. That's a revisit. That's our first revisit here on the Spoiler Room as we look at under the Skin. And then we're going to look at The Skin Game again, but Alfred Hitchcock's The Skin Game from 1931. And Ooh. then I Eat Your Skin, a uh, B-horror film uh, that is, I've watched a few times that is definitely interesting. So we have a variety of skin flicks for you to listen to and watch, folks, which I hope you'll uh, look forward to that. And now, as always... I give my guests their license to shill. So, Ian, the floor is yours, sir. Well, thank you, Mark.
1: Um, I'm Ian Simmons. I run Kicking the Seat, which you can find at kickseat.com and also on YouTube at Kicking the Seat. We do uh, weekly uh, movie reviews and roundtables and interviews and all that stuff. And Thursday night, uh, if this goes up before then, if not, then catch it on the replay, but I'll be doing a live "Quote unquote roundtable review of the new Evil Dead rises." Um, most of my panel, I think, are going to be out watching uh, the press screening of the new uh, Marvel movie, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I almost at Avengers, but um, but God, yeah, I'll be that? there at least. Hmm? It's that time already. April
0: evaporated.
1: I know it's crazy. Uh, so yeah, you tune in. I might just be talking to myself i have no idea but um yeah it'll be fun so yeah check it out kickseat.com youtube kickseat kicking the seat all that good stuff <laughs> i uh uh
0: i should be able to make it because i have i have thoughts i have thoughts on it so um... oh i look mark I hope you can make it because we just talked
1: about the Evil Dead uh, from 2013. We, did. we um, did earlier earlier this year. We did. So if you can, that would be it'll be a, a fun. It it
0: it it, de- it, de- it depends on how things go. I may be a little late, but I sh- I, I plan on being on there. I may just be a okay. little late. It all depends on how uh, certain work schedules go. But I I want to be on there because I have some th- things to say that I need to get off my chest and, and I need to uh, hopefully not have to, ch- you know, hand in my horror fan card as well because uh, my feelings uh, with this uh, Evil Dead Rise film.
1: I, so. Well, I got to credit you because you posted something in our Facebook message group, yeah. uh, an article that had Lee Cronin, the director, writer director, talking about some aspects of the film that I have some thoughts. and I think that's going to be... Sort of the lead in for the Thursday episode. So if you are a little bit late, I will vamp until you can come on. So just let me know if you can <laughs> right. make it or not. It'll I, be fun.
0: I right now I should be able to make it. Uh, uh it probably won't be a day of till I, let, I know if I'll be on time or late. So, but there you okay. have it, folks. You're getting some inside look here. Yeah, of us sorry, I didn't planning. mean to take over the No, show. <laughs> no worries. But Skinflix is coming up. Please check it out there. Uh, as far as what we got coming up, a spoiler room uh we've got uh you know we've got on our uh uh, patreon we've got our after hours which are discussions before the discussion so if you want to check those out reasonable price i got a lot of reviews coming on uh special mark productions and on the uh, on our youtube channel check it out there also check out the review uh, the interviews we have uh, I've got a number of interviews, and I have another one coming up this week as well uh, f- with some indie films that have come out that we're very excited to get a chance to talk to the filmmakers about. One of them was Wisconsin, Woohoo! Wisconsin Horror. Uh, we interviewed the filmmakers for The Headmistress. Uh, we interviewed uh, the filmmaker for Behind Hunt Club, and then the folks behind Space Quest, uh, excuse me, Space Wars, The Quest for Deep Star. And that one was a lot of fun to talk about as well. So, fun interviews coming up in there, plus a lot of reviews. So, all that fun stuff. Thank you so much. We're going to close it out now by just saying uh, good night. Good night.